0: Video vampires, everyone with Mickey and Jessica.
1: And Jessica. Yeah.
0: Hello. Hi. Um, I haven't watched, see, I thought I did. I I could. I mean, watching a show now, it feels like so much easier, even though there's like 10 episodes and that's like 10 to 12 hours of your time. But I just like for some I just like breeze through it because I've been working so much that I'm like, yeah, I'll watch three, four episodes of this until I fall asleep. But I've been watching All of Us Are Dead. Have you seen it yet? Mm-mm. It's a South Korean zombie teenage uh, drama show on Netflix. It's, it's really good. I, I mean, I like it. I think I like anything like that because it's still like kind of teeny boppery. Like they, they like talk about who they have crushes on and like their love lives. But like it's like total decimation. And of course, like it's big on the class system or the class war, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, um, especially in South Korea where it's like just so apparent that you know the poor don't mean anything to anybody uh it's really good it's like it's not I wouldn't say like scary scary but it's really gory um and it's clever and the cast is great and I was able to go through it so fast I think I'm on the last episode now there's like nine or ten episodes I think nine actually but it's really fucking good um and that's like the new thing I watched. <laughs> did you watch it the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre?
1: I did not. And I've it's... actually had a few debates about it.
0: Already? But without seeing it, because yes. it's really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't like it. And even like some of the gory parts I thought were like fun, but they weren't it was so just I hated every minute of it. I think I hated it before I even watched it too. So I was a little biased. But like right. what were your what were your uh, debates? Well, I'm curious.
1: I had friends who were like you haven't watched Texas. Chains- I was like, I haven't watched a lot of the Texas Chainsaw Master ones. Like, I've watched the first four movies, obviously. Like the first, you know. But I didn't. I, I watched. I didn't watch the remake because I. I just thought that was like. No, I mean, I'm just gonna. Bo- I'm just against the remake. Uh, I didn't. Wa- I did unfortunately watch the. You never prequels- watched the remake. No.
0: It wasn't bad, but I, I. I wish it wasn't like a remake. You know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: the problem. I, I did watch the prequel to the remake, the one they released. Like it was like the. It was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre beginning because a friend of mine who worked at New Line was like, you like horror movies? Here's one. She was giving she was giving me a gift and she gave me a copy of it. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then like <laughs> I went, I was like, I might as well watch it. You know, when I watch it, I was like, oh, I fucking hate this. Um, I think the main reason why I haven't really invested in a lot of the sequels or anything, like, there was one that came out like a few years ago. I think it was in 3D.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I rented that. I was really excited about it, actually. And then I fell asleep in the first 10 minutes. And like, that's not a good sign. No. So. When it's um, so
0: boring that you can't even stand to wait to the gory parts. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And like, and my problem is the original one is, I mean, it's not just a great horror film. It is a great fucking film, you know? And it's, but it's like.
0: But it, film.
1: Yeah, it is. And like, there was something, there was something really special about the way that movie, it's not, it doesn't feel like a traditional film. A friend of mine really described it really well where he's like, the way the camera operates in that movie is that it's like a fifth person in the van. Or another person you know it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a sixth person in the van you know it's, it's another person and it's like so there's this documentary style feel to it and it really like it's there's a lot going on in that movie you know but uh it's very simple and and then the second one is the fucking second one which is like it's i understand all the reasons why toby hooper went in the direction he went with the second one
0: mm-hmm. um and, and I, I love just, the second one yeah i i think we've talked about the second one. lot. did we do this we, second we one?
1: did that we did the second yeah, yeah. one yeah <laughs>
0: That makes sense why we've talked about it all, And it's, and it's, it's
1: bad shit crazy and it's fun. And there's, it, it kind of goes to that whole like filmmaking in Texas that I like, you know, like that Texas filmmaking where it's like, you get these really, they're outside of Hollywood. And I don't think any of these people making films, like, and I'm talking about like Chainsaw One, Chainsaw Two. I'm even yeah. talking about the fourth one, the one with Matthew McConaughey and, and uh, which I Oh, do I like. like that
0: one. I, I remember, too. But it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a niche favorite where it's like kind of separate
1: but yeah, and but what I like about these movies, and like movie like that movie I showed you guys on my my marathon scary movie, and all these other movies where it's like they're they're made. I don't. I get the distinct impression. This is something I, I find in the Texas area. Slacker being one of my Richard Linklater and other things is that like people are making these like fucking crazy awesome movies, and I don't think that they're they're thinking they're going to be they're they're, they're going to be making these niche films. They're going to they think they're I think. I honestly get the vibe of like, oh, we're making a movie that's going to be like very successful. Like everybody's, you know, it's going to have a bigger audience. And it's like, did you really think that? Like, cause that's fucking great to me that you thought that this is what would captivate a major audience. I love that, that, that type of filmmaking where somebody is so, they just, they're, they're so, they couldn't be any more wrong, but in, in the right possible ways, you know, like, um, and that's what I feel about the, t- the you know, People forget that when when Ho- Tuba Hooper was making Chainsaw One, there's this story that always goes around that like he was actually trying to talk to the rating board ratings board for a bit, being like, "What can I do to make this movie PG?" You know, and it's like they were trying to make a movie that was going to be like something completely different, and and then what the result was this fucking epic, awesome horror film that like is legendary. So these these fucking remakes, these fucking sequels, oh, yeah. all this bullshit. No, it's, just, it's like,
0: not. It was like a weird kind of wake, uh, woke, I I use that term, I was gonna gonna use it and then I was like, no, I shouldn't because it's like, uh, it's like a bus of like young entrepreneurs like bought this town apparently and it's like Mm -hmm. the town, you know, and so Mm -hmm. they have like, um, they bust in all these people to be like uh, money people, you know, to invest in this property, which I don't know what they're like. They're trying to form a cult. They're trying to buy a town. Like, I get that, especially during the pandemic. You know, if I had any mm-hmm. sort of money, I would have tried to do that, too. But then they get into the whole thing of, like, you're removing people from their from their homes, and you're doing this. But it was just, like, oh, really stupid. And also, Leatherface is supposed to be how old? And, like, what is, like, I don't know. It was just... Too stupid, and And then
1: then I I saw in the trailer they brought. I mean, I know the Marilyn Burns has passed away like years and years and years ago. Yeah, they brought back her character Sally, and I'm like, I don't look. I don't know anything about the movie. I didn't see it. Just I just saw the trailer, but it's like, are they really going a Halloween route with Text Exchange Master? Because that sucks.
0: We tried, and it just was all bad to me. It's like they tried so many things, and it was like it still wasn't enough to hold the movie together. Which, like – and I'm mad that it was greenlit. Like, someone was like, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. And I get why it probably was, like, in some weird table meeting. But, like, otherwise, I would be so offended if I was, like, a young person, like, working on, like, new horror movies and, like, this got made. I'd be like, that's what Netflix is spending their fucking money on.
1: Right. And also the Um, fact that Netflix doesn't, like, you know, it's – it's I – I'm still iffy on this whole like movies premiering on Netflix thing where it's like to me it's like it it reeks of the worst qualities of straight to video.
0: Yes. The straight, straight to video to go, in the do... in
1: and 90s was not a bad necessarily a bad thing but
0: yeah. See I feel indifferent a little bit more now because I still believe that certain things should be seen in the theater but now living as far from like certain independent theaters,
2: mm-hmm. I
0: totally feel the other way now. Cause I'm like, where else am I going to fucking see this movie? You know, I don't live in LA anymore where like th- there was so many opportunities to sure. see so much, you know, um, film that wouldn't get released in certain, um, areas otherwise. And so now I'm like, well, thank God this is going direct to video because I can fucking see it, you know, but other, but otherwise I totally understand because it's like the quality of shit being peddled out now is,
1: it's it's just that like what, what I meant by the direct-to-video thing was that like you know back in the day in the 80s and 90s a lot of these pe- these companies that would make these mo- direct-to-video movies didn't necessarily have the fucking reach to get into a fucking theater whereas don't tell me that Netflix couldn't fucking I mean fuck for fuck's sakes they put out I, I know I know for a fact that they've put out movies that they've you know like I how long how many times did the Irishman play at the Egyptian it was the entire yeah. fucking month of November that thing came out it's like so to me it just seems like <laughs> It, it, it's like oh so you're embarrassed by this So you're just you know it's like I don't know And I, I just have a weird feeling about it And plus like I do like the new Hall. I liked I liked the 2018 Halloween I, my feelings on Halloween Kills are what they are um, But I don't necessarily want to see Another you know Chainsaw Massacre I don't necessarily want to see another Nightmare on Elm Street like I don't want to see it actually yeah, I, don't. I, I don't I either I, Here's the thing is that like I, I feel like the only person in the world Who could play that character is Robert Englund And I love him I never want. I don't want to see another Nightmare on Elm Street with Robert Englund. I don't want to see it because I just. I, what I would want. I'd rather see is. I'd rather see. I don't want to see another Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'd rather see another movie that, you know, 20 years from now, people are looking at the way we look at chain, the original Chainsaw. You know what I mean? Like I want to see the next thing. I want to see if you know. It, kind of, just really just like milking this fucking and like and they're doing it with Evil Dead. There's gonna be a new Evil Dead movie that's not no, gonna with Campbell.
0: Yeah, I know. Like maybe a few months back, I rewatched it again. You know, the remake version, and yeah, I was like, I like "This it. is not as good as I remembered it being in the theater." But in the theater, it was a div- it was a different yeah. experience because I saw it on opening night. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of like gawks at the really gory scenes, and it's like a shared experience. And then rewatching it, I was like, "Okay, it's not as good as I remember."
1: I felt the same way until I re- I re I rewatch I rewatched it again, but I watched the director's cut, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, you know, and I do here's things I did like the Evil Dead remake, in you know. If I was going to give it a letter grade, I'd give it, like, a C plus.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't.
1: But this New Evil Dead that's coming out, it's going to be on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is like,
0: it's a series. Is it a series or a movie? No, no, it's
1: going to be a movie. Like, here's the thing. Is, okay. Ash for Evil Dead was everything that... anybody's who's complaining about wanting an Evil Dead sequel, watch Ash for Evil Dead. Three seasons is fucking great. It's everything you fucking wanted in an Evil Dead sequel. This New Evil Dead movie is going to be like, oh, we're going to have it take place in, like, a high rise in the city. And it's like, well, then, what's the fucking point of... What? How is this differentiated from any other horror movie? You know what I mean? It's just—it's not. Yeah. It's not working for me, and like uh, people wonder why I complain about horror movies that are coming out now because I'm just. But I'm—it's—it's because I'm—I'm just not finding them to be very good. You know, like we're either trying to—I don't know. I can't believe I'm—I can't believe I'm the one saying this, but But we're—we're trying to cash in on nostalgia.
0: (laughs) I know, and that's funny that you say it because I feel like me and you fight about that a lot, but i do like there's some stuff that i've watched not in the horror realm that's come out that's like finally good and then there's the two um trailers that i watch, which we'll talk about but um peacemaker yeah well okay so i i watched peacemaker which is like the off suicide squad Mm -hmm. show on hbo max um done by james gunn who is still one of my favorite directors um, for a minute he lost that like Guardians of the Galaxy job and then like DC hired him and then Marvel hired him back. And so it's kind of funny that now he has all this work um, when like you know he tried he was like the right tried to cancel him, which I think is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But Peacemaker is so fucking good and it's so funny. and John Cena is so good. Yeah. And it's like I was watching it. I was like, James Gunn has not lost shit. He's still like very sharp and very on point and he's very funny. And so, like, I loved it. John Cena is great. It's, like, a great, like, escapist, like, funny show about an Mm antihero. Raised by Wolves is on HBO Max, um, which is also incredible. I don't know. Have you watched it yet? I've watched some of
1: the first season, and I really...
0: God, it's so good. It's, like, so creative and, like, impressive. Like, it's so... Like, I never read... I guess it's, like, based on a series. And so, like, I feel like if i read this my brain would explode about how many things it would have to like imagine what it looked like because the show is just crazy there's like really cool aliens and serpents and like androids and you know mythology it's just like really fucking cool unique sci-fi show um Mm -hmm. i think every time i watch it my brain explodes a little bit and it's like it's like some part nightmarish and some part like beautiful it's it's really interesting Um, And then the other thing I've been watching is Pam and Tommy on Hulu. (laughs) Now, obviously, like anyone now we grew up, I feel like we were teenagers in the 90s. And so Mm -hmm. while this was happening, we were like going through adolescence. So, of course, we fucking know about the Pam and Tommy tape. It was like infamous. It was like things that you watched at your friend's like house in the basement when their parents were at work. Like. Like, I feel like, so it was, like, such a huge thing. And it's a little, like, weird because I was like, do I watch it? Because Pam Anderson, I guess, has been pretty outspoken about, like, how it was made without her permission. But also, it's like, do you really need someone's permission when you're a celebrity? Which, mm-hmm. get ethics, I guess. But <laughs> um, It's really funny in some parts. It's a little um, ridiculous because it's... I. I it's produced by seth rogan who can be a real fucking idiot and like some of his stuff is so good and some of it is so childish it makes me want to die a little bit like uh-huh. i have this like really like love hate relationship with the stuff he does because like observe and report is the best shit he's ever done but like that hot dog um movie was like the worst thing i've ever seen in my life a sausage uh, party yeah, it was so bad, and it's, like, mm-hmm. not remotely funny at all. It's, like, the stupidest fucking thing. And mm-hmm. so I kind of, like, love and hate him, but Pam and Tommy is really good. I I didn't really want to watch it at first, but I ended up really liking it. Like, Sebastian Stan and Lily... Uh, fuck, what's her name? I know yeah. she's a Lily, but uh, as Pam Anderson, she's really good. Like, everyone's really on, port, on point, and they, like... Look and sound so much like their characters, and it's very much nostalgia written of like being a, mm-hmm. a teen or an adolescent in the in the '90s. So it's really interesting to kind of like see this, um, this kind of play out in the dramatic sense. But there's also like silliness, like there's a whole talking penis, um, episode. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, you have it's to bear in mind
1: too that I was also. And and I I actually have no problem admitting that I still am. Uh, I was I was a huge <laughs> fan growing up as an, in, in the, you know as a kid in the 80s and then as a teenager in the 90s I never changed. Uh, Motley Crue like oh, I. Oh yeah,
2: I, I fucking I mean, saw them live
1: it? in the 90s. So it's like. I didn't. Um, too. Yeah, so it's like I'm not. You know, I, I have been interested, but it's like. Uh, you know, the problem with Motley Crue now is that like when I go back, I mean, I'm I I, I still look, I, I'm I'm to so shout the devil's a fucking dynamite album. It really it's is so good, it really yeah. is. But, um, they just it, these, these Motley Crue guys are just kind of like in the fucking the career of self sabotage these days. So it's like, yeah, like there's the Vince Neal oh, Nicolas Cage it's video, so which is hilarious, but um uh it's also like really like oh man you know so it's like i don't know it's weird uh but so i have been interested but at the same time it's like uh you know it's less
0: depressing than their current state Mm -hmm. um obviously because we're still in the 90s so like it's obviously like off their payday of the 80s but like it's not quite as depressing as now so
1: and it's before tommy lee started methods of madness that weird uh what was it whatever whatever (laughs) whatever it was that really awful hip-hop thing that he tried doing that a friend of mine because he knew i liked molly crew got for me as a gift and i was like oh thank you and i tried listening to it i get a lot of weird gifts from that. that i'm like i don't i never needed this and then I, (laughs) i listened to it and i was like this is fucking garbage um but, yeah, it, I don't know. Like, and there's also, the thing is with Molly Cruz. there's always, I, I never, I didn't see the filth. I didn't see that Amazon or was it Netflix? That yeah, was fun.
0: It was fun. It was good.
1: I read it the really book. Was. I read the book when it came out. But, like, I would rather see, like, a, a Hulu docu-series or movie about when Vince Neal fucking killed somebody, you know, in a car accident. Like, oh, yeah, I'd rather right. see, like, the fucking crazy, they, I, I, mean, all, I guess. A
0: bunch of them did. Like, in the 80s, celebrities were just killing people all the time and getting yeah. away with it. Like, fucking, what's his name, from Poison? didn't
1: he kill someone too uh-uh. no they just did oh. you know just their careers um, <laughs> no matthew uh, broderick yeah matthew broderick though yeah for yeah. sure you know it's he like he kill- did he did uh, i think yeah, Jennifer Grey was in the car yeah um yeah it uh it was uh you know there it was it was a good time to be a, an 80s celebrity i guess um if you want if you wanted to get away with killing somebody um <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I'm sure it was a really traumatic experience for everybody involved. But still, on. it's also like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I have not watched Pam and Tommy yet. Um, just because it's mostly Seth Rogen. I where you have a love hate for him, for him. It's like I mostly just find him insufferable. Yeah,
0: he kind of is. It's like I wish like every you have you seen Observing Report. I did not see. Oh fuck! It's so good and it's so dark. Um, and I wish everyone could see it, but like most of the other stuff he's done has been really bad. And it's funny. Cause I also watched the first Spider-Man. I was like bored. And I was like, I, I really haven't seen it in years, you know? And that's one of those movies that I definitely saw in the theater. Sam Raimi did it. It uh-huh. was like the big movie and it's still good. And it's, it's like good in the way of like, it's not I- too I far it. off like a comic book movie. So it feels yeah. all very familiar. Like it is a comic book movie, mm-hmm. you know, it has the Marvel role credits and everything, but, um, and it's like very like i don't know how to describe it it's kind of like kind of dorky but like yep. it means well still it's sincere yeah i, I do I, I liked it but i don't know
1: i watched a lot actually okay yeah I've had nothing but time on my hands what um i watched a argentinian horror film called crystallize crystal eyes, oh. crystal eyes crystal which eyes. Which I fucking loved. It was, uh, it, it's, it's clearly an homage to, like, Argento and Jallo and, like, um, but it takes place in the 80s, and this like, really snotty, like, stuck-up, like, supermodel. Um, she ends up getting, dying in this, like, mysterious, like, accident on the runway, and then a year later, like, somebody's picking off these fucking, um, people that were kind of in her circle, um. Oh. It's really it's it, it's quite good. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was one of my favorite things I watched. I saw um, but it came out like a year or two ago. I saw Death on the Nile, the um, the Kenneth Branagh Hercule Hercule Poirot film starring a cannibal and um huh. and Wonder Woman and uh, i did not like it oh
0: that movie yeah
1: um oh. going with army hammer yeah yeah i
0: like the um, hammer though even though he's I, that's I, what you said even though yeah. you know he's yeah. fucked
1: up uh i did not like it um i also didn't see the original but i think i feel like my parents watched some pbs adaptation of it cuz i i was i got i got the i knew the killer was or i knew the the i knew it was from the word go i was like i know what this is i know what's going on and (laughs) uh, and and so you you know and a lot of those movies like you know death on the nile the original with Usanoff and like murder on the orient express the one with uh albert and all that and the one that kenneth Brown did they're all meant to be like kind of these ensemble like who's who of like today's or the times actors and like it's supposed to be this this fun whatever i just didn't it didn't do it for me um There was parts of it I I I thought I liked. I mean, I liked, but like I just as a whole, I was not into it. Um, I did see Jackass Forever. It is a tradition that my brother and I used to have. I saw the first one without him, and then I saw the the second, the other two uh, with him. One when he was like sixteen and uh or 15 i took him to see it because he really wanted to go and i got to play that older brother card and i was like i will take you
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh and then the third one he was living with me in la so we didn't get and obviously he lives in seattle so we didn't get a chance to see this one but my wife decided to, s- to sub in for him and she hated it and i <laughs> i mean i love it it's um oh, yeah. it is what it is for me it, it's not you know it, it's it's i i really enjoyed jackass i mean i can't really get into it you know it's like what am i gonna say like oh i really liked this part like it's it is you know
0: there's it's not exactly you can't, yeah
1: yeah it's exactly what you, if you're a fan of it you're a fan of it i did see licorice pizza um oh, yeah
0: that, i i feel like i haven't seen it I, I haven't seen it i feel like it's been a long time though and i totally forgot about it it's
1: probably my favorite movie that came out last year um but how I does re- it
0: scale on your pta scale <laughs>
1: Um, that's the weird thing, too, is people are like, I know a lot of people who are PTA fans who really just didn't like it. They were like, oh, it felt like he was doing a Wes Anderson film. I was like, sure, that's not a bad thing. You know, they were also like, oh, it's just like he was just like making a movie with his friends and family. And it's like, wow, what a fucking terrible thing in the world to do. <laughs> just sit there and make a movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, You know, it, it's great. It's fantastic. I thought, um, I thought Philip Seymour Hoffman's son was great. Oh, I thought. he's
0: in it? I didn't yeah. know
1: that he's the lead um and oh he
0: oh really that's Philip. Mm-hmm. oh wow yeah. I didn't know that
1: Cooper Hoffman um and then the girl from Haim or Haim um you know she, she's the lead I really liked I really liked oh, her I
0: didn't know any of these I don't know I mean I know like I obviously like know that yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman had a son and then like the Haim is a band but I didn't yeah. know any and- of this
1: yeah, and, and she's the lead, and I mean, and here's the thing is that, like, it was, like, one of the few movies where I really enjoyed Bradley Cooper, you know, like, one of the few movies where I'm, like, where where Bradley Cooper was being, where I was, like, this is what I want to see him in more.
0: God, he's so annoying, and I wish I didn't find him so annoying, because I do like him, but, like, I think he's playing Leonard Bernstein, which sounds awesome, but it was, like, some article where it was, like, uh, yeah, did you know he took hundreds of hours of lessons for, to be a composer, and I was, like, fuck you! fuck bradley cooper thinks he can yeah. do everything magical white man okay but i right. do kind of like him
1: well he plays john peters in this and he's only in the movie for, like john peters was this uh hairdresser who became you know who was barbara shardy so stands hair um, hairdresser then he started dating her for a while he became a producer he's gone on to produce um batman the, mm-hmm. the michael keaton one he lots of kevin smith has got actually got a great anecdote about when he was going to make superman When he was writing Superman, John Peters was producing it, and just like weird shit with John Peters, where he was like, you know, you know, I think would be great Superman, Sean Penn. You see, Dead Man walking, the guy's got the fucking eyes of a killer, and he's like, (laughs) yeah, for Superman, you know, like stuff like that, and like so. He and he only plays the he only in the movie for like five minutes, but it's fucking hilarious. And um, I don't know, I really enjoyed like Rich Pizza. It made me like, you know, I I was not a child in the set, I was not a teenager in the seventies, but I was a teenager, so I was able to like kind of reminisce about like that feeling and mm. uh i liked i loved it i mean and it's so on the scale of, of pta films i mean uh, boogie nights is fucking boogie nights you know i mean like i love punch drunk love you know that's another one of my favorite pta movies um i think a lot of people were i think what people were upset about is because he was going he went from like he went you know heartache boogie nights magnolia punch drunk love and then he does this fucking kind of like deeper turn he does, he does there'll be blood yeah and inherent vice and um phantom thread and then he's going it's kind of like this one feels almost like he's making a movie that kind of fits in between punch drunk love and there'll be blood and i think a lot of people feel like he's going backwards i think he's going i think not, it's
0: not it's not a linear yeah I get right, what you're saying, exactly it's, it's like, not how can you make a linear like oh we're, we're gonna do this now because that's the turn of things it's like he can make whatever right. he fucking wants to
1: and that's what it felt like and i think that's one. i think kind of the reason why some people are upset because like now it just feels like you can do whatever you want and it's like yeah that's cool like yeah, and he, he wants to,
0: so <laughs> yeah,
1: he wants to cast like one of his best friends his late best friend one of his late his formerly deceased friends like child is like the lead actor in a movie and like work with this actress that he's he's done music videos for her band and like and and you know john c Riley is in it for 15 seconds in a cameo that you don't even. I mean, like, I reckon you hear his voice and you go, that's John C. Riley, but it's like random cameos, you know, and you've got like Tom Waits showing up, you've got Sean Penn showing up, you've got Maya Rudolph, you know, his, 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 you know, partner. All you know, it's like who fucking cares? He's getting to do what the fuck he wants and it's fun and it's like a nice slice of like LA and like mm-hmm. it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. And then I watched a bunch of older stuff. Um, I watched uh, Flesh for Frankenstein, which was the Paul Morrissey. Um, 70s. Uh, he did that in Blood for Dracula with Udo Kier, oh, cool. and Joe D'Alessandro and they kind of were done back to back. And Flesh for Frankenstein is just this ridiculous, absurd, um, disgusting, awesome. Um, you know, I don't comedy. I guess um, I watched uh, a great Australian film called Allison's Birthday. Uh, it was part of that box set I got for uh, for Christmas. The um, the dark and the full color one? one. Yeah, and it's also on uh, Shutter now. So you can check it out. Allison's oh, birthday. Yeah, that's is a, right. It's a great Australian film. Um, check it out. It's a. It it has like a very Rosemary's Baby-esque vibe minus the baby part. But, like, kind of that same, like... Actually, you know what Allison's Birthday reminded me of? It reminded me of this 90s movie, or late 90s, early 2000s movie that I saw in the theater and I've never seen since, and I've always been kind of curious about. It was a movie called Lost Souls with Winona Ryder and... Um, we should do that as an episode. And mm. Ben Chapman, I think, where he, like, he basically finds out that he's... There's a whole cult of people that thinks that he's going to, at midnight on a certain night, he's going to become, the, he's going to be the living vessel for the Antichrist. And, like, you just, you start to see, like, how long this conspiracy has been going on and how much he's been groomed for it. It's very reminiscent, but it was made in 1980, 81. Uh, it's oh, pretty good. Weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, Allison's birthday, that is. Uh, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. I watched Extro, which is this um uh, 82 uh, British sci-fi horror um it is what it is you know you get a great scene of a woman giving birth to a full-grown man um (laughs) Uh, i watched um invasion of the Bee girls um which is about you know a small town i think in california where women are uh the scientists this woman scientist is basically like changing women into these like you know sex crazy or sexy you know whatever mutants that like hmm. you know kill guys with sex that was pretty cool um uh, <laughs> i watched uh three the hard way which stars jim brown um jesus christ um
0: that one sounds familiar but i don't three think the hard way
1: um well it was like three three like the, the top like black exploitation actors of its to- of their of the time um oh, okay. jim, yeah jim kelly uh I jim brown jim and uh, yeah, he was I great. He was and, so uh, fine. And and it was weird because he was like, you know, he should have been, um, he should have been bigger than he was. You know, I mean, like he shows up in Enter the Dragon, and then like, yeah, you know, he does the, he does a lot of like kung fu movies and seventies, but like he just kind of stopped. And he said that he like he was it wasn't like he wasn't offered roles, it was just he wasn't offered the right ones. And I was like, good for you for just like not fucking just taking whatever and becoming a fucking whatever. But Fred Williamson, Jim Kelly, Jim Brown. Um, and it's this great, you know, movie where like they, these three guys were friends who are also badasses. Like we never really know one of, I think Jim Brown plays a, a, a recording producer, um, Freddie Williamson. I don't know what the fuck his job is. And Jim Kelly's just beating the shit out of like racist cops in, in the city. Yeah. Um, but they basically find out about this conspiracy of like these like neo-Nazi rich people who are trying to like oh, poison the water. That so that reminds
0: me of, uh, a, a little bit of, um watchmen i wonder if like they ever seen the well this them, one right?
1: <laughs> maybe because they're trying to poison the water so that you know it, it wipes out only black people um and then so that, of course they and it's happened they're going to poison the reservoirs of like three different cities so these three guys have to go to these three cities and just you know kick the shit out of the fucking white racist dude it's awesome um and then i was kind of on a black exploitation click so i watched abby which was the um the kind of like the the exploitation knockoff of uh exorcist mm-hmm. um where she gets possessed <laughs> by this demon it makes her like fuck yeah. guys to death and like you know her husband is like the son of a preacher who's played by william marshall who was blackula uh mm-hmm. it's 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 fantastic it's great um and then i watched um i watched deadly weapon which was a charles band produced film starring rodney eastman um who was a uh, who was joey in net realm street three and four the kid who can't talk and then he does and Mm -hmm. um and he plays this i mean it's a really it was like this kind of like a a remake a, a quasi remake of their of charles band's like 79 laser film laser blast where like this kid finds this like i don't know experimental weapon or anything like that and starts like going after the people that like fucked with him um this one though this 80s remake or 80s variation of it was like super depressing like, mm-hmm. it was super sad, and it dealt with, like, teen suicide, deal with, you know, it dealt with, like, you know, abuse. It was just this really, I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to watch this, I have it on videos, like, I'm going to watch this fun, whatever, and I was like, this is really dark and sad and, like, and not what I was expecting at all. And it was, it was actually pretty entertaining. Um, but also, like I said, just, you know, really sad. And then I watched a newer movie, actually, I watched The Lake House. Oh um, yeah,
0: I think I saw that a while ago. Did you like it?
1: <laughs> I didn't. I liked some yes, of it. Stupid. There was some stuff that I liked in it, and then there was some stuff where I was like, man, you are trying so hard to be deep and it's just not landing with me. Yeah. You
0: know? They could have done so many things, and I'm <clears throat> I'm like still mad about watching that movie because it set itself up to be something so much scarier, and then it was mm-hmm. just kind of like, Pleh. I'm like, this is the story that you guys delivered to us. Like this is right. so fucking dumb.
1: And I think that they were, like, they were kind of like, yeah, but it was supposed to be, like, this, like, you know, this deep movie about, like, dealing with trauma and whatever. And it's like, yeah, I get that, but there's been other movies that have done it and done it better. Like the better, yeah. Gun, you know?
0: Um, what was I going to say? Did you see was the two trailers um, that I wanted to mention was Men, the Ari Aster movie? Mm-mm. And, um, Nope. <laughs> The Jordan Peele.
1: I have never watched Nope, and I will tell you, I'll explain that in a second. But um,
0: are you on purposely not watching yes,
1: them? Yes, I'm absolutely. I, I when I saw Get Out in the you know opening weekend, I had no idea what the story was, and so there was that like added element of like anxiety and and um, tension seeing yeah. this Like I don't know how this is going to fold, and you know, I, and kind of the same thing with us. You know, it, um, so I kind of would like to continue that with Nope, where it's like I'm just gonna, I'm going to see it opening weekend, so yeah, I'd rather not course. know anything about it.
0: It's it's interesting. I st- I watched the trailer and I still don't know what it is about, which is like the good part. I think of mm-hmm. like he's being careful with the trailers that are being released. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my eyes, because I watched it and I was like, I don't even know what it's about, but I totally subscribe. Um, and then Men is very creepy. I mean, uh, what's her name, Jessie something? She was in that Charlie Kaufman movie. Uh, I'm thinking of ending. I know. Uh, but she's in it and she she has this really good job of like delivering these like soft senses sentences that sound like so creepy in like the background narration mm-hmm. um so i don't know i'm looking forward to it and i still don't know what that's about either but it's very vague um but very creepy and so i'm i'm probably looking forward to them cuz they're both <clears throat> you know, they had that Fangoria article that came out where they interviewed each other and it was just them jerking each other off, but like I like totally, I totally get it because they're the most like, I think um, exciting, newer directors and I really can't wait to see what either movie comes out to be. So
1: That's how I feel about like Robert Eggers, the guy who did um...
0: Oh yeah, his movie, The Northman Yeah, that's what movie. I want to see. He had the new Batmans coming out soon I think next week and I'm really curious, I really hope it's good. It seems really dark, which I'm hoping for. Like, uh, but we'll see. I, I'm gonna go see it. I'm hoping like Thursday or Friday, but it looks fucking bonkers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna see it. I just, I, I'm i don't know i I don't know i mean people and and the idea of people being like yeah no, this is we're finally getting a dark batman movie it's like we clearly haven't seen batman returns but you guys fucking complained it up up and down the walls for batman returns and now you guys want to see it for the batman it's like give me a fucking break but no i'll I'll probably see it i don't know how i feel about robert pattinson um but
0: yeah but you haven't really watched some of his other stuff stuff
1: exactly that's why i'm like i mean
0: he did uh, High Life, the fucking, um, what, the Safdie Brothers movie? I can't remember the name right now. Uncut Joms? <laughs> Uncut uh, Joms. Um, um, good Time. Yeah, and yeah. then, uh, which is really fucking good. Um, and then, what's the other one? I watched another one of his because I was, like, on a Robert Pattinson Cosmopolis? By oh, by yeah, Kronberg? Cosmopolis. I mean, that one's okay. Um, yeah. But he's good in it. and He was in that, like, creepy Netflix Southern movie as, like, some preacher that gets a girl pregnant, and he was so creepy in it.
1: I mean, like, I, I don't really have anything, any problem with him. It's just, maybe I'm just kind of like, I don't know, the new Batman. It's like, we'll see. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it there's just, it, it feels like, it just constantly feels like they're trying to get the formula right. You know, it's like, well, you know, we just had, didn't we just have Zack Snyder Batman movies? And then now it's like,
0: all right. You I mean, know, like... at least they are different parts of Batman. Like, I guess, like, because I Ben Affleck's a pretty good, like, old Batman but this is like before Batman when he comes back and he's still fucking weird and like really dark and like, yeah you know, so I don't know. We'll see. It's a uh, lot. Like, do we need it? No. But will I see it? Yeah, sure. Of course.
1: And here's a weird thing where it's like, and this is me kind of going back on my words about Robert England as Freddy. It's like, I'm really excited for the new Flash movie because we're going to get to see Michael Keaton as Batman again.
0: Oh, um, really?
1: Well, because the, the Flash can, like, he can move, he can run so fast that he can like, go in between you know go to different he can yeah. go back in time he can also go to like other multiverses you know um and so they're gonna they're gonna ha- there's, he's gonna at one point he's gonna go back and he's going to recruit ben affleck's batman and michael keaton's batman and i'm like that i'm excited for um and then uh yeah i mean i'm sorry I, I don't care what anybody says michael keaton is will always be my batman and my yeah. favorite batman
0: um, I, I i'll subscribe to that i i like michael oh keaton. i
1: good yeah because he's great he's fantastic <laughs> um and uh i'm i'm really glad that the past like 10 15 years for michael keaton has been pretty good again yeah, you know, after like that weird dry spell yeah um but yeah and then uh and then i watched i rewatched the movie that we're about to um to do
0: oh yeah so i can't believe i didn't know this existed i i think i don't know if you knew but like i fucking love it i love this movie mm-hmm. i and because i also have a deep deep love for vampire in brooklyn okay. uh
1: and i I, I, th- I thought of that too and i want to talk to you about that go ahead okay
0: yeah so uh we did death by temptation mm-hmm. um which is a 1990 film but it didn't get released until what 97 or something like that like it took a really long time for it to get out right
1: um i don't think i mean i don't remember it taking i mean like i know there was some weird like hang or something yeah but cause i definitely remember this when i was younger um i definitely remember seeing this the first time when i was younger um or maybe i was maybe maybe it was maybe i was like uh 19 or 20 i can't remember but um yeah death by temptation uh directed by this is not a joke james Mm -hmm. bond the third
0: james bond and it's funny because he looks really familiar and he's in a lot of like sitcom tv in the 80s but this movie was basically about like a female succubus out in in the late 80s you know early 90s um killing men Uh, (laughs) and it's like it's so good like the opening line is like this like you know you know, 1990 bartender talking to this chick and, you know, and he's just like, well, maybe just get an abortion. And that yeah. like, and I'm like, this is the first line. Like this is the sentence that they're using. I was like "Yeah, sick. So it really kind of sets the tone, I guess, like in that time period of like one hella horny and how n- not caring at all people were back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like there's lots of men cruising like on their wives, you know, at the, at the bar. And mm-hmm. so this like female succubus who, is like a mix of, you know, um what's her name from Vampire Brooklyn and a little bit of Vamp and a little bit of like Bill Kiss, yeah. you know, the the goddess. Um but I don't know. I it, it was like really cool and she was just like, you know, the, her body count was just racking up and I was like, what a time to be alive.
1: Yeah. Um James Bond the third plays this guy who's like he's about to follow in the footsteps of his late father who is a preacher who's played by okay. Sam Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. and uh he's he's kind of taking a break from everything to kind of like rethink everything and he goes to new york to stay with now in the it's weird because i've read multiple descriptions and when i watched this movie the first time years and years well when i first saw it i was like oh it must be his brother but then like i've read that it's supposed to be his cousin and then other places it was like oh it's just his friend But was, uh his friend whose brother or relative played by kadeem hardison who is um i you know i mean fuck different world i, I grew up on that too um and uh and you know that he he this this young man played by james bond the third uh comes runs across Mm -hmm. this this woman who is this succulent woman who's intent on corrupting and uh i guess consuming him and um and you know and then there's this guy at the bar is played by bill nunn who is constantly trying to pick up women with all these like shitty pickup lines and then later on, you find out that he's actually part of this like secret branch of like the FBI who like go after paranormal. It's just weird. <laughs> it is a very weird plot twist that I'm like I'm completely on board for it, um, because it's still fun.
0: Yeah, it's the same. I was like, wait, this guy's a cop now. Like, oh, okay, but um, yeah. I guess I'll subscribe. Like, I'm still following. Like, I'm yeah, I'm okay with this
1: uh it was shot by ernest dickerson who was uh spike lee's cinematographer for a lot of films he also went on to direct uh demon knight which we did mm-hmm. um he also directed surviving the game um i think he was a producer on tales from the hood um i really like ernest dickerson a lot i, I ended up re-watching an interview with him with uh, i'll and i'll explain who this other the other person in the interview in a second but uh where he's just talking about his love for horror films and he was even talking about there's moments in death by temptation there's a great scene where um kardim hardison gets sucked into this tv and was like oh, and yeah Ernest dickerson's like yep we got that we lifted that from videodrome and i was like i'm glad some, i'm say, glad they said that yeah well
0: yeah it looks exactly like it i was like oh they yeah. just took everything they loved and even even the scenery so in the apartment of um, the, well, the gentleman um, who you'll mention in a second. And then mm. um, when his friend or brother or cousin, <laughs> which yeah. they didn't, I thought they were brothers at first and I was like, no, nah, maybe they're cousins, but I was like, they're close, whatever they yeah, are. Yeah. 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 But um, you know uh, that his, his flat or his apartment is just filled with movie posters from the eighties. Yeah. Um, horror movie posters, which are cool. Cause some of them I was like, I can't remember. I've seen this or like, it sounds familiar. So I like definitely was Googling some of them and they're, like, some great, like, 80s horror movies, so, like, I think it was made like a little point to, like, pay homage to being, like, a horror movie fan, which I thought was cool.
1: Yeah, and and, the other person in the interview that I watched was uh, Lloyd Kaufman, actually, who Lloyd Kaufman was, is the head of Troma, who actually, Troma was the one who picked up this movie, and um, they were the ones who got it released, and they also reshot some stuff towards the end because, you know, there were some pickups that needed to be done, and I think the reason why I love the fact that this is a trauma film is because even Lloyd Coffin's like, this is one of the better films we've ever had, you know, like, it's not a trauma film. It's a trauma film, you know, in the sense that they released it, but it is not like, it's it's nothing like anything they've ever done. It's like, it's smart. Let me rephrase that, because a lot of the trauma films are smart, but they're also like they're smart in the sense that they're self-aware and they know how dumb they are. They're being. Yeah. This is like, this is a different type of like, this is a little bit more sophisticated, even for a low budget horror film. And Lloyd Kaufman it was smart enough to recognize that. And, you know, and again, in the interview, he's interviewing Ernest Dickerson. And he's, they're talking about like the whole Genesis of the project and everything and how James Bond III worked with Ernest, Dick, well, Ernest Dickerson shooting school days for um, Spike Lee and James Bond III was in it, and James Bond told him was like, "Hey, I have this idea for a horror movie I want to do," and Ernest Dickerson was like, "Oh yeah, great! I'd love to shoot it." And then, like, you know, he didn't think anything of it because you know, conversations like that happen often. And then a year later, James Bond reached out to him and was like, "I have the money for it," and so they made this this really kind of small movie that apparently, like, the filming only was was within a four block radius, which is really interesting, of mm-hmm. uh, in Brooklyn, you know. Um, but yes there was there was something about well there's a few things about this movie that were reminiscent to me of vampire in brooklyn which you love and i don't and i wanted to talk about that it's kind of like a sidebar because um i i think i think there's what i didn't like about vampire in brooklyn is what i love about death by temptation and it's okay like, um because i i love west craven um i really do i'm a west craven apologist where like i have I have um Yeah, I know I've you love that for the vampires. <laughs> I've made i I've made excuses for that's John Carper.
0: Oh yeah, John Carper well, yeah, did
1: vampires mixing them up. I was like, it. what's
0: another bad movie that I can think of right West now? Wes that... Craven
1: um definitely, you know, he did Deadly Friend. You know, I'm thinking of the bad ones, you know, like uh My Solo Take, which was one of his unfortunately one of his last ones, and it was also like I enjoyed it, even though I knew it, it you know inherently that it was just not a good movie. I was like, Yeah, but it's it feels it feels like a Wes Craven movie to some extent, um, but I think one of the reasons why I don't like Vampire in Brooklyn is, and I think this shows in the movie, is that like when you know Wes Craven, when when Eddie Murphy reached out and was like, "Hey, I want to make." i'm doing this next movie i have this idea for a movie i want to do what i want to do it with you west yeah. craven's like oh fuck yeah i get to do a comedy for once like west craven wants to make a comedy because he didn't want to be pigeonholed into horror and any murphy wanted to make a horror movie he wanted to make blackula yeah pretty much and he was like i liked hills of eyes i want to work with that guy and so uh and then the studio paramount was like oh no no, no this is any Eddie murphy Eddie Murphy's movie. be well it's got to be funny and Eddie Murphy's like, I really don't want to be. I don't want it to be that funny. I want, yeah. to be like, I want to make a scary movie, and so I think that's the problem I have with with Vampire in Brooklyn is that every nobody's on the same page, and it's not everybody in that involved in that movie. You know, is good at what they do. You know what I mean? Like, these aren't these aren't amateurs or anything. like that. Wes Craven was not a fucking a shitty director. I don't care what anybody says. Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy was not a shit, Is not a shitty actor. Uh, it's just that nobody was. They weren't all on the same page, and whereas Death by Temptation, I feel like every single person involved in this movie knows what they're doing. They're
2: like,
1: this is the movie we're making, and it it works. Death by Temptation is very funny, and it's also – it has moments where it's kind of spooky, you know? Um, It's so good. The
0: woman – what's her name? Cynthia Cynthia Bond. Cynthia Bond. I don't know if she's related to them or married. Okay, because I I looked up her bio, and she's an author, um, but I didn't know – like, it didn't really – say but either way she's so fucking good in it like she's so deadpan that it's like terrifying like I really like her in it yeah yeah she plays this like wonderful seductress and like says like really simple lines but they like dude they just like ooh they go like attached to your spine like I totally get it and I loved it even with her all fucking 80s 90s brows you know what I mean (laughs) like right but I did I, I loved her in it she's so creepy it's like it's kind of perfect even when she was like, she she slept with these men and she was like giving them different things. So it's funny because one of the things I read when I was like looking up this movie after I watched it and I wasn't sure if it, that was like the way they were going, but one of the men she slept with, um, they say that like she gave him AIDS and mm-hmm. then um, also left scratches on his back because he was the married one. And then like, yeah. that was her, Like punishment to this guy and another guy was like a gay man that she Mm. had sex with and like his whole death was like you know graphic and the (laughs) more graphic because it's not as gory as you think like it's very like limited on the gore but like the way they set up these deaths is like the scary part and so it's really interesting because it was like definitely anyone who was like um I guess they deemed, you know, um, slutty in the, mm-hmm. in the eighties or nineties. So it was like interesting to like, see her devour these different types of men.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: until she got to the preacher's, the preacher's kid.
1: Yeah. The preacher's son. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, I love the, 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 on the, you know, on a visual level on the, and it, I, Ernest Dickerson's a great cinematographer. I also think he's a great director. I mean, I'm. I, I, we did *Demon Night*, like I said, and that was. I I still hold to that it was one of the greatest '90s horror films. Yeah, um, I but I you know, agree. He's got a really great um look in this movie, but it, even still, and I don't I don't know if this is intentional, because I don't know how you know I really don't know how big of a movie this was, in its time. Um, but uh, there's there's elements of vamp to it as far as the color schemes. Yes. Mm-hmm. you know and you and her mentioned a little
0: necklace that she would wear yeah. like it reminded me of something that um you know great Grace Jones would wear in, yeah. in vamp
1: yeah and like um i know it, they got funding from a um record label so there was a lot of like i know there's a lot of the soundtrack artists. is
0: cool yeah the
1: soundtrack's <laughs> great you know and and there is something about this movie that like has a really intimate feel to it you know and like i said a lot of it had to do with budget a lot of it do with like okay we're shooting with like again within a four block radius but there is something really like uh i don't want to say cozy but there is something very intimate about this movie where it's like everything you know like the 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 bar the the bar set you know just feels very like i don't know it feels like they took somebody's basement and made it into like this like cool little bar you know and like um you know her house is really weird because on one hand it's like you know littered with all these you know candles, lit candles, and the next minute there's like a scene where she's chasing the first guy out, and you know through the you know you're you're taking on the point of view of her and you're going through the house and he's running around naked because he's like horrified. Oh, because they're showering and then starts the blood starts coming oh, yeah. out of the closet, you know, which kind of reminded me of um, Angel Heart when yeah. Mickey Rourke and Lisa Bonet are having sex and it sort of starts you know blood bleeding everywhere, you know. Um, well, that
0: that scene is great, too, because I was like, why would you trust anyone with a bed in the middle of their room? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And then that's when she was like, do you like my bed? And I was like, oh, OK, this movie is reading my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: it's, it is it is really a great little like, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's a great I, I don't want to say like a morality tale, but it's definitely yeah. uh, it definitely has elements of that I think. But there's it's just it's it is a really solid little low-budget horror film that I think, uh, again, kind of got... It, it's starting to get a resurgence again. Like, the the copy that I have is, a you know, Vinegar Syndrome put it out, and um, they put out a great fucking copy of it. Um, but I do... I actually distinctly remember this. Like, again, this could be, like... Um, I could have caught this in, when I was, like, 19 years old, living in Boston in my first apartment, um, you know, on TV. Um, I could have also caught it as a kid, because I distinctly remember a the, the ad for this movie, like the, the still from it, like seeing it in black and white, like in print. So I'm trying to think if it was a TV guide, you know? Um, Oh, which I would not have been reading when I was. I
0: mean. Yeah, I don't know. I
1: Um, I mean, I did, I did. I actually had a fondness for looking at, you know, newspaper, you know, like when they would put the, you know, you open the entertainment ad and all the movie, something that's a really, it's really lost, you know, these days, but. Um, but no, I, I, I don't remember where I caught it. I did catch it on something. Um, and it really stuck with me because like, again, it's, it's not a completely unrecognizable cast. Like you've seen all a lot of these people before. Um, but it just, it never, it never got the, I don't know, the popularity or the acclaim I think it deserves, you know?
0: And the, well, it's funny because when we talked about doing it, all of a sudden I see too that the Plaza, which is the local, um, theater that's closest to me. Um, was doing this movie uh, this weekend, which I, I was like, "Oh no, fucking way!" And the director, James Bond III, was uh, was in uh, in attendance, so he could answer questions. I unfortunately didn't make it. I really wish I did. Now uh, watching it, because I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" And I like want to know, like, he's an obvious horror fan. Like, did you pull from this? Did you pull from this? Like, it's because it's clever and it's really yeah. funny. Um, and even in like some of the direction it goes at the end, you're kind of like, "What?" But you don't really don't care because you're enjoying it, you know? Yeah, that whole end sequence
1: is very much like I'm like, "What?" And wait, did fuck we even talk on? about Kadeem? I, that's saying? what I've, I've been talking. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I like I said, he was in a different world, which is what I, you know. I grew up watching that him in. Uh, but it's and, him,
0: uh, Bill, Bill Nunn.
1: Bill Nunn, yeah, Bill Nunn, Samuel
0: Jackson, like big names.
1: Right, and and that's the thing is that like you know the, when they when these when this movie was made. You know, because I remember one of the questions that Lloyd Kaufman had for um, Ernest Stickers was like, how did you guys get Kadeem, uh for this? I mean, like, how did he go from this and different, different world to this? And like, actually, it was the other way around. He got this role first and then he went on to do a different world, you know, like same thing with like, you know, with Samuel L. Jackson. Like, you know, in the early late 80s, early 90s, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't. The Samuel Jackson that we know you know I mean yeah. he'd been busting his ass off but he wasn't getting any recognition and then Bill Nunn is just like he just you know again a solid you know guy who just would show up and like you know he, I think right after they made this he did do the right thing with Spike Lee yeah sort of Ernst actually Ernst Dickerson did too he, he was a cinematographer on that and he said he he tested out a lot of things in this movie that he would later on use and do the right thing as far as like um certain angles color schemes you know shots like that um so you know it's this movie that just didn't uh you know it has all the right things it's just not the right time
0: yeah i'm I'm fortunate for it because what five or 95 when vampire in brooklyn came out i mean not a success either i guess but no yeah still in that realm of like 90s horror but like oh god it's so good it really is like i wish i saw this earlier because i really loved it yeah, in all and, of, like and,
1: glory, and I think that's part of my thing with Vampire in Brooklyn too. Is that like, by the time I do end up seeing that movie, I've already seen Death by Temptation. So I feel like I've seen like, oh, this is how you, sh-, you know, like I get why Vampire in Brooklyn has the scale it does, like the you know the hugeness it does in the sense mm-hmm. that you have Eddie Murphy here, you have Angela Bassett who had just been nominated for Best Supporting Actress or Best Actress, not Best Supporting Actress. What the fuck am I talking about? Um, and. You know, it's it, it's it's a bigger movie. You have got Wes Craven. You got Paramount behind it. But again, none of these people involved in this movie just seem to be on the same page. And 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 Death by Temptation, I feel like everybody gets exactly. I mean, isn't Cadeem Hard- uh, Hardison in? Uh, isn't he also in Vampire in Brooklyn? Doesn't he play like? Yeah. Who plays? Yeah. So it's, it's it, like there's the, yeah. Yeah, and and he, you know, he's the best part of. I think he's the best part of Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, but I think he's better in death, in death by Temptation. He's able. What I like about him in this is in Death by Temptation, he's able. He's able to to pivot um, really well in in the same scene. You know, where like he's there's a scene where he's like he's warning James Bond the third, who plays the the preacher's kid. You know, and he's warning him. He's like, you know, yo, this this woman's crazy. She's fucked up. Like I know, blah blah blah, all this stuff. And then he's still being funny about. But then he kind of takes a left turn. And he's like. Look, if you don't believe me, I'm trying to look out for you. If you don't believe me, you need to get the fuck out of here cuz like this is yeah. this is bad, you know? Like he has like a really kind of serious moment with this guy and I really dug it. Like I bu- let me put it this way. I believe their relationship as people who used to be close, you know, whether they're relatives or they're just good friends, whatever it is. And um I buy their relationship and I, um Yeah.
0: I thought it was funny when he like had her, you know, like she the succubus goes into the apartment and pretends yeah. not to know um Kadeem and he's like you know the friend uh Joel goes into the Mm -hmm. other room and he's like listen here bitch I know you're fucking with me and I
2: (laughs) that's what I'm saying
0: (laughs) that was really good like he's really
1: funny but it's all in service of you know the 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 story and the character it doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like it's out of left field you know and so it doesn't it doesn't come off as wacky it comes off as like you know very believable and I think that's I think that's what I like about this movie so much is that for all of the crazy turns it takes again bill nunn playing this guy who tells women at the bar that he's a race car driver or he's a <laughs> surgeon
2: or he's a stunt
1: choreographer for bruce lee who's still alive and then have him be like actually you know he tells could he, you know like i'm i'm actually part of this like secret branch and blah blah, blah all this stuff you believe all of it you know it's like it, so as wacky as this movie the turns that it takes you buy every bit of it whereas like um I just don't get the same thing when I watch Vampire in Brooklyn and I have watched it recently to, to, you know, cause uh-huh. I was like, yeah. I, I try to give it chances. Um, cause there are moments I really like, you know, uh, yeah. Vampire in Brooklyn. But again, like for me, it was just, it was too little too late by the time I, cause I had seen Death by Temptation. I was like, this is how, this is this, this is how you do the story, you know? Um, and it was just great. You know, it's a, it's just definitely one of the great nineties horror films that just never, yeah. It, it's some it never degree, really kind of,
0: made it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some of the best nineties horror films are the ones that didn't get the mo the, the attention that they deserve. You know, it's yeah, Cemetery Man, right. which we did, you know, mm-hmm. this movie. Um I think Demon Knight is as even though it is under the banner of Tales from the Crypt.
0: But it didn't do good when it was first released. It right? still doesn't get the
1: recognition that I think it, it, it deserves, you know? Like um and Billy
0: Zane, yeah. yeah no. Billy Zane.
1: But yeah, so Ernest Dickerson is um it's great, and it, it definitely, it feels like a, it doesn't feel like it's just trying to be an homage to 70s, you know, the Blackula, or, you know, Abby, or, um, you know, which is just weird that I watched Abby, and then I watched this, um, mm-hmm. because they are, you know, there are similarities to that one, too, um, but it doesn't just seem like it's trying to be a throwback to that, it just, it just kind of, it's like, it's,
0: it's it feels like, yeah, it's its own kind of yeah. weird little thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I loved it, it's on Shudder. Right? It is
1: on Shutter, uh, or Mubi, or uh, Tubi, um, which I can't speak enough about. I think Tubi is one of the best things. The more I've explored it, the more I'm like, God damn! Like this thing's got—they got some good stuff on there, guys. <laughs> this is one of them, I think. Um, if not, it's on Shutter. But yeah, um, definitely check this out because it is fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's. Really I'm glad one you of my it. more I really, I really liked it. Yeah, it's probably one of my more favorite ones that we've done. Because it's just, it is, it's good. And I, you know, I love the 90s. I love the 90s horror movies and all their like really badness sometimes. And not that this was bad, but it was just like the right amount of like bad, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, definitely check out Death by Temptation, guys.
0: Yeah, by James Bond the third.
1: James the Bond last or, of his name, <laughs> which was fucking that—that that is the coolest. That I say, like as far as like credit sequences go, that fucking that I remember, you know, because I didn't, yeah I, know why I ignored it there all the other times when I saw that I was like, that's fucking badass. Um, and you'll know what we're talking about if you see it. Um, it's nothing special, it's just like a little like kind of a dedication. um yeah. to his f- grandfather and his father, but it's just like, yep, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So check it out, guys.
0: Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
2: His destiny had been foretold. Ah! Its fate had been forewarned. Ah! He did not know that something so sweet could be so evil. Now, the fate of mankind hangs in the balance as Kadeem Hardison, TV's Dwayne Wayne... Yes. This honey I met the other night was bad. Bad. Super bad. ...and Bill Nunn from Do the Right Thing get busy in the first contemporary horror thriller of its kind. James Bond III's Death by Temptation. She's every man's dream and your worst nightmare. She leaves with men and you never see them again. that holy water, she's gonna start slobbering and farting and gagging. I'm on a mission, anybody can't change my style. So if you can't get down, stay up the trip for a while. Well, I don't mean to be true no more. Oh, now fight, fight the beast. Death by Temptation, a new movie from Trauma With new music by Ashford and Simpson, Melba Moore, Najee and Freddie Jackson.